0: Hello, everybody. This is Sherman Alexi, and you're listening to the Sherman Alexie podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Sherman. As you heard, that was the rough draft intro to the full-fledged podcast I will be doing soon. Soon being a malleable term for me. Let me know what you think in the comments of that. So today I'm going to be posting a poem uh, called Hunger Song and in breaking with tradition, I'm actually going to read the poem first. And then I'm going to talk about the architecture of the poem, not only as the writer, but sort of as an English professor explaining the structure of the poem and the ways in which I uh use the stanzas and line breaks and the form itself it's a sonnet to add to the poem's meaning i mean there is the surface meaning and when i write poems i very much want there to be an immediate meaning i want it to be instantly accessible you know i write some poems that aren't but probably at least 90 percent of my poems are accessible by pretty much anybody i always thought that native american literature if you're going to write it and call it that then it should be accessible to a 15 year old native american and if it's not then what is it is it native literature if natives aren't reading it if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it does it make a sound that's something to think about for you i mean it's something to think about when you talk about any quote-unquote, minority literature, if it's not directly speaking to that minority audience, then is it a part of that minority community? I don't know. But for me personally, I need my books and my poems and everything to be read by Native Americans, and they are, especially something like True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, my young adult novel, it it has a huge life on reservations and in the Indian world. And Smoke Signals, our movie, which the intro song is from, John Wayne's is, Teeth, is huge in the Native world still. You know, two and a half decades later, Smoke Signals remains a constant in Native culture. So anyway, in Breaking with Tradition today, I'm going to read the poem first rather than talk about it first although i'm talking about it first aren't i anyway i'm going to read the poem now and then i'm really going to go into detail on it so here it is it's called hunger song hunger song once upon a time on our reservation the only food in the house was a half empty box of sugar cubes My sisters and I rationed them for most of a day. They did nothing to quell our hunger. But we learned there's sweetness inside every little hell. Okay, so there's the poem. In fact, I think I'm going to read it again uh just so you can listen to it again and perhaps you'll hear some things i mean poetry is on the page of course but also poetry is meant to be heard aloud at least a lot of it uh especially when you're working with uh rhyme which i do uh i'm not a formal poet necessarily but i do use rhyme and so here it is uh for you to listen to again and maybe pick up on a rhyme. There's an important rhyme for me in the poem. So listen for it. Once upon a time on our reservation, the only food in the house was a half empty box of sugar cubes. My sisters and I rationed them for most of a day. They did nothing to quell our hunger, but we learned there's sweetness inside every little hell. All right, so that's the second reading of the poem, and I hope you picked up on that rhyme. Uh, Quell and hell. This poem started, what it was, was just fragments. I had the remembering, the the remembrance of the sugar cubes, my sisters and I, having those for most of a day as the only food in the house and how we ate them, but really it did nothing. I mean, it's just sugar. I mean, all that guaranteed was a sugar crash if we devoured them as real food. I think instead we started to use them as a reminder of food, as a hint of food and would eat a sugar cube, you know, every hour or so. Uh, So, and then the concluding couplet, there's sweetness inside every little hell, I had that in whole in my files. So I was going through my stuff, wondering what am I going to post today? And I saw that fragment and I thought, well, why don't I talk about fragments? And then for some reason, the way the writer's brain works, uh, the sugar cubes popped into my head. That word sweetness obviously led to me thinking about the sugar cubes. So then I wrote the rest of the poem based on that memory. I wrote the poem heading toward that concluding couplet, heading toward that sweetness in hell. I was uh, aiming toward that. So I had an exit ramp or an on-ramp or uh, a flag, a treasure chest. I'm not sure what to call it. The end of the poem was in place. so And then instantly that that rhyme popped into my head uh hell i had that in place and then quell popped into my head and obviously when you're thinking about sugar cubes and hunger and quelling or not quelling your hunger uh that's where that came from but that wasn't a conscious decision it just was boom there so i had part of the poem i had quell quell needed to be in there and it needed to be close enough to the word hell for the rhyme to resonate. And I'm a little worried that the word quell is too far away from the word hell for the rhyme to resonate enough. It feels more subtle perhaps than I want it to be. And there may be a way for me to rewrite the poem to make that hit more, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with the poem, so I may not do it. I may keep that distance. So anyway, let me go back to the poem beginning now because it's about childhood i thought well why not start this as a fairy tale and i think that works because fairy tales by and large you know hansel and gretel and such are pretty dark so i thought i mean we like to think of once upon a time as being a light beginning and people have used it as such but it's not i mean fairy tales are these morality tales of what's going to happen to you as kids when you go out on your own or you eat something you shouldn't, or you hang around people you shouldn't, Uh, (laughs) you know, I mean, in that way you could say, just say no, is a, is a Aesop's fairy tale, something dark and disturbing. Uh, So I thought the poem, that was a great way to lead off a poem about a reservation childhood, a moment in a reservation childhood that was dark. And so that's why I started that now if you look at the poem if you look at the poem on the page there you're going to see that there are four stanzas there are three stanzas with four lines each and then there's the concluding couplet and this is in the form of a sonnet and each stanza is meant to stand on its own to have its own sort of meaning so you'll see that that at the beginning the first stanza is about the only food in the house it establishes that the house is empty and the possibility of hunger. The second stanza is about the sugar cubes. Uh, And I just noticed actually, as I looked at the poem, that those stanzas, those four stanzas, especially the first three are sort of square. They're in the shape of sugar cubes. I didn't mean that, but that's what it looks like. So that second stanza is about sugar cubes. And then the third stanza is about those sugar cubes doing nothing to help, uh, to quell the hunger, the desperation. So, uh, and then the concluding couplet, which uh, really is the kind of concluding couplet that can finish any poem. I think you could put this concluding couplet at the end of any poem and it would work. It it goes from the sugar cubes in particular and hunger in particular to something larger, a larger lesson, that there's sweetness inside every little hell. Uh, now, uh, if you go back And look, you'll see that I use the stanza breaks to add to the sense of space, of emptiness. So in the first one, the only food in the house, stanza break. And you'll see that white space right after that. The only food in the house, stanza break, white space to represent that emptiness. And then I do it again in the next stanza where I say my sisters and I rationed them, white space to indicate that emptiness. And then I do it again at the end of the third stanza, where we did nothing to quell our hunger, but we learned white space, emptiness, there's sweetness inside every little hell. So I use those stanza breaks as a way to visually represent hunger and emptiness. So I hope you're seeing that. Uh, Also, uh, there's only one line in the poem in which there's interior punctuation. And it's in the third stanza, the last line of the third stanza. And the line is our hunger, comma, but we learned. Our hunger, comma, but what we learned. So I purposely had only one line with punctuation to really indicate the turn of meaning taking it from the particular experience of those indian kids of us and bringing it to the concluding couplet and the lesson learned put that in heavy quotes maybe you don't learn anything but that comma was on purpose just so you know uh that's the way i think about poetry that's the way poets think about poetry well (laughs) many of us most of us perhaps Sometimes in free verse, you'll look at it and you'll realize this person is definitely randomly line breaking and stanza breaking. You can read the poem and think, no, they did this emotionally. They had their private reasons for breaking lines and stanzas the way they did, but there's no discernible meaning for the reader. And that happens a lot and i'm not saying that's wrong a poet gets to have their personal meanings but i like to create buildings not just rooms but a whole building and uh, i think that's what this poem accomplishes with that comma it's a very purposeful comma it's a comma on purpose Uh, maybe i'll need to write a poem called comma comma on purpose so uh all right so that's a few things to look at in this poem and i hope you like me explaining the poem a little more the architecture and i did it after the poem just so you get the emotional content of the poem first that when i talked about that accessible meaning which i write with that you get that first and then when you listen to the rest of this episode, you'll, you heard the architecture. So uh, you got to look at the building and then you got to look at the blueprint. So let me know if you like this. Uh, thank you very much for being my audience, for listening. Thank you so much for the support, artistic, emotional, spiritual, financial. I really appreciate it. Uh, all right. Bye. John Wayne's tea This has been the Sherman Alexie Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, 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 hey Hey, 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 John Wayne's teeth John Wayne's teeth Are they plastic? Are they steel? Ha, ha, hey, 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 hey Hey, hey